Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with ECS DNA Kit by Endo Canna Health. I did this years ago and it continues to empower me to get nerdy with my cannabis choices, which you know I like. If you've watched our Cannabis Legalization News podcast, did you know that right now you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com? That's E-N-D-O-D-N-A.com and use promo code POD25. That is P-O-D, the number two, the number five. Your purchase includes the EndoDNA Collection Kit. Endo Decoded Report, Personalized Cannabinoid and Terpene Suggestion, Endo Aligned Product Matching in Your State, Suggested Dosage Guidelines, and Optimum Methods of Administration. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop Endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, Endo DNA is celebrating their new patent with a BOGO offer on their Afeca Soft Gels lineup. Since so many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Afeca Unwind created to support healthy sleep cycles using a patented proprietary formula of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are made of this. So buy one, get one, my friend. You can shop online at endodna.com. And don't forget promo code POD25 at checkout to save 25% on your DNA test kit. What's up, Cannabis Congregation? Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Cannabis Legalization News. Today, we're joined by Kentucky cannabis lawyer Nate Miller from Surrey & Associates to talk about the house bill that they've got going on. Uh, so let's bring them on. Let's talk to our co-host. Hey, Miggy and Tom, how y'all doing? Doing Good. great, Lauren. Good. Happy quarantine. Quarantine. Uh, well, uh, Nate, Nate, thanks so much for coming on. Why don't you tell everybody who you are? Uh, thanks for having me, Tom. Uh, my name is Nate Miller. I work uh, for Surrey and Associates, we're a criminal defense firm based out of Cincinnati, Ohio. I am the Louisville, Kentucky attorney. We have offices in Indianapolis and a couple other places to um, focus primarily on criminal defense and do a lot of marijuana related cases. Fantastic. Now, uh, do they call it marijuana down in Kentucky? They, uh, yes. Um, cannabis is in the bill. What uh, bill is that? We're going to be talking a lot today. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what about this bill did they, they do? They did the naming convention, right? They, they did. I guess uh, they got together and the committee decided to go with cannabis instead of marijuana. Yeah. All right. That's fantastic. Fair enough. So this bill coming up is for medical, right? It is. It's a medical bill. Um, they've had one in Kentucky the last several years, never got a floor vote in the House um, or the Senate. It passed 6530 in the House recently. Uh, it's on to the Senate waiting for an appearance in the uh, Judiciary Committee. But the bill is no flour, too, right? No flour consumption. That's right. No, no um, combustion consumption. So it's my understanding from the reading of it, vaping tinctures, uh, probably edibles. Um, all of that stuff will be determined by a committee, a board. Yeah, but that uh, will be specifically prohibited. That's crazy. You can't yeah. do tobacco? This is exactly what happened in Florida. This is exactly what happened in Florida. So in Florida, they had a, a no smokable flower uh, law. And then the, think about it. They might also then have like these little packets that you can have uh, the vaporized. And so they'd have like these little vaporized packs originally. And now you can just buy flour in Florida. So it means you have to start somewhere. And then eventually they'll be like, all right, that's ridiculous. Everything's fine. You can have flour. 
how hard is it to amend uh, laws when they pass their name? Oh my gosh, the cannabis laws are amended like every five seconds, and yeah. so uh, they they are very fast evolving. But with this uh, Corona quarantine, uh, it's SARS too, everybody. This one's worse, and um, uh, nothing's getting done. Right. And what would probably happen, I guess, is you would get feedback from patients, uh, advocate groups, mm -hmm. um, probably hopefully physicians that are like, hey, some, this is the easiest way for some people to consume it. Um, there's, you know, the whatever dangers are associated with it are minimal, especially compared to tobacco. And that's what Kentucky's known for. So it's kind of ironic <laughs> that a state known for tobacco and probably leads the country and lung cancer due to tobacco use is going to prohibit the smoking of a substance that probably next yeah. next to no uh, consequences uh, well, it, tobacco is it mcconnell from kentucky he, he is so which is more ironic the, the 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 grim reaper helping out with hemp and i think also the overall legalization of marijuana or you guys uh you know what what, what is the uh the, the process though like like because tom you know how we talk about how each state has their own like right like meeting bicamera all that stuff like no, in kentucky because you guys are past the signature stage, right? Now you're just going to the approval stage. Oh, you see, they're they're a full-on legislature, man. So they uh, they got out of one house, and now they go to the Senate. So they it's in a committee oh. in the Senate, but those committees really aren't meeting right now. And how how do you think it would have fared after it hit the Senate committee? Uh, well, you know, I, the chairman of the committee um, isn't saying that he he's against it. He wants to take a closer look at it. It's a very thorough bill. It's like 118 pages. Yep. Um, mm. And, you know, has a, it, it covers just about everything that you can think of. Mm -hmm. uh, some, a lot of the stuff is good. It allows for a delivery right off the bat. That's something nice. a lot of other States had, they had to get there through incremental steps. Like you were talking about earlier, Tom, by amending the bill later. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if the if the Senate will look at it, given the coronavirus, um, the Senate's already or the General Assembly's already scheduled to be out of session April 15th. Oh. Um, so and then does it have a legislative like end of year date? A lot of state legislatures. We had a guy on from Texas, a Texas judge explained that the Texas legislature meets every other year. So like nothing, I guess, gets passed there. Yeah. Uh, and uh, well, just think about it. And so. Yeah. And that's a big state, right? You'd figure there'd be more laws. But um, anyway, so usually there's a legislative session and that session gets over in like June or something. So is it similar in uh, Kentucky? And they call special sessions all the time. So that that could happen. Um, but it's the only way that it can happen because Kentucky doesn't have the ballot initiative, which is what I think you were referring to earlier, Miguel. There's only about yeah. 25 states that do. Most of them uh, mid-country, west, west states. A lot of the states east of the Mississippi, southern states don't have. Yeah, pretty much country. everywhere like that already has changed their law, whereas the ballot initiative of states. And that's one of the reasons why uh, Illinois was so kind of you know, historic in the sense that they legalized it legislatively. But now uh, and that was a process there that took years and years yeah. and a lot of money, yeah. and a lot of sustained effort. Lots. Would have been. Well, the best way to look at it then is like the legislation itself isn't like a queue, you know, until they go back into session and then then hopefully you guys will be the first one to be talked about. They can carry it over. Sure. Sure. Just, just because yeah. it ends, the session ends without the bill being passed doesn't necessarily mean that it's dead. Okay. Right. 
Right. And right. They, but then there's an election in November. And so it may have to be reintroduced uh, next legislative session, as they usually are every two years. And we would do these shows a lot when you're chronologing or chronologing uh, various bills in various states. And so, for example, the one in New York, uh, maybe all of them. I mean, if there is an election this fall and all the states uh, have the same election cycles that the, the federals have, uh, yeah, they might have to reintroduce their bills uh, in in uh, Kentucky. I think as far as the fact that Kentucky got as far as they had, man, I mean, who would have thought, <laughs> you know, you guys are going to be like a huge, like snail in, in, in the railroad of cannabis. But how many people, life. how many people live in Kentucky? Mm. Wow. You stumped me. Um, I, I do not know. I do not know what the population is. It, it would be smaller than Tennessee because the, the cities here aren't as big. So Tennessee has Nashville, which is huge and really boomed over the last 10 years. Um, but you guys are a state of farmers, though. I can imagine you guys have some fire weed, though. Once 4. that shit happens, they can, Kentucky. That's it. Well, yeah, but it's kind of the size of Washington State and like a million people less than Colorado, so it's still yeah. a sizable market that could really smoke a lot of Kentucky bluegrass. Yeah, uh, indoor grows only per the bill. So for medical growing, only indoor facilities that can be secured and have cameras and all that stuff. It's interesting. I have a conversation with a light depth guy coming up uh, just simply because of the, uh, the the light depth technology and the greenhouse technology and the cost of uh, cultivating the, the, the plant. Uh, there may be some interesting changes over the next, you know, decade or so on that. But then it also depends on like your latitude and then how much sun you get and then what your climate does. So like I I was uh, anti um, uh, light depth greenhouses for the teams that wanted to get like a high quality indoor flower in Illinois because we have huge swings in our temperature and our humidity. And we have like a hard winter. We have a, a pretty hot summer. I just thought it would be more of a challenge to maintain a light depth greenhouse, but prove me wrong. People prove Kentucky me wrong. Too. Kentucky has really, you know, cold winters and really hot summers and the temperature, it can snow in April and then be 80 degrees the next week. Um, but, but the growing season is really good in Kentucky when it gets in the spring comes through the fall. Um, and that's why Kentucky was a leading producer in hemp uh, for years and years and years provided most of the hemp, during World War II for ropes for the ships and stuff. And we grow him now. That started up again a few years ago. Yeah, yeah. That was uh, Mitch McConnell. Like uh, when we'd have shows earlier, I'd always speak about how he was the person in the Senate that gives me the most cognitive dissonance because he's been such a champion of the cannabis plant and such an enemy of the cannabis plant. And it just depends whether or not Delta 9 THC is present. And then he's like, oh, this one's bad. No, no, that one. But, oh, that one is the other one. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Industrious. Well, I just think it's education that we still have to come across, right? We're still trying to teach them that it's all the same plant. Just uh, it's like Roma tomatoes versus, uh, you know, those little cherry tomatoes, you know. Mm-hmm. One tastes great in a salad. The other one tastes better in a sandwich. It's not. But then, you know, just. Well, let's ask about the, uh, the law. I mean, hopefully you've read it um, a few times. Uh, and are familiar with it. Now, do they have uh, various types of licenses? They do. Okay. So there are growers, um, there are um, processors, uh, there are dispensaries, and then there's what's called a producer. Uh, producers are essentially someone that does both the growing and the processing. And then there are, are a certain number of those in the bill that are allowed starting out. So statewide, there's only going to be three 
producers allowed. Um, I think uh, 25 processors, 15 cultivators, and then I'm, I forget how many dispensaries. Maybe that that might be something that is something I believe that's left up to the locality. So one of the other things they've done is that they're allowing both city and counties to decide whether or not they want to do this. And if they don't want a dispensary in their um, county or city, um, they can hold a referendum on it. They can they can put that on the ballot, let voters decide. It's, it's not required. So a council could um, theoretically, a county could say we don't want it. Uh, in in um, Kentucky, those officials are called magistrates. And then the city council members in the same county could say, well, we want it and then decide to have it. And then the taxes only go the the benefit of the taxes only go to the city and not the county. That's pretty neat. Well, it is. But then you're going to be surprised at how much prejudice there is against this plant when somebody actually wants it to be located in their town. And then you kind of have to show them the money. And then also you have to reach out in the community and be a really, really good neighbor. You're like that uh, that, that guy from State Farm. You know? <laughs> now, you said three three processors. So that's essentially just three grows, right? You know, three per oh, so or vertical or vertical. So like, you know, yeah. you would have your extractor and you'd have your cultivator. Or you right. have somebody that does them both. And those are going to be limited. Those will be the people uh, who are, who are the bigger, you know, corporation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And the licensing fee for those guys, I think is $75,000. Whereas the licensing fee for a processor might be $10,000. Right. That's still significantly less. Still not too bad, I guess, for, for if you're a big business. I mean, that would be a, a killing because you guys. Do you know if they, well, there's so few to begin with of the number of licenses. You mentioned just 15 and three, a handful of these businesses. Are there any restrictions? Like, am I only allowed to have one license or can I take all 15? You're only allowed to have one. That's good. I like that they yes. have caps. That, that, that's my I could be wrong about that, but I believe my reading of the bill limited you to one license, which is, I think, why they created that producer license. That way you could be a cultivator and a processor, but they don't want you, you know, they don't they don't want too many hands, uh, the same hands in the same pie. Well, I mean, it's it's a different skill set as well. I mean, to be honest, like extraction isn't cultivation. It's not. And so, uh, it, I mean, that they've separated the license even further than we do in Illinois. I'm fine with that. I, I kind of like that now, are they allowed to vertically integrate by stacking the licenses? So, like, can I have a dispensary, a cultivation, and a, a producer? Now, which one is the one that's the extractor? That would be the processing. And the processor, okay. Now, I believe I believe they're all separated. And they even go, you know, to the length of you can't have a facility that dispenses can't have other um, organizations, cannabis organizations on site, whether it's a physician. Oh, wow. Yeah. So these, these, these places have to be separate entities and they have a compliance officer. That's another kind of category of, of these people. Yes. There was an unlimited number. That was the, un there's this strange, they almost look like they're ancillary uh, services that are helpful to the license holders, but aren't quite related to them. Can you explain this uh, this other type of license that Kentucky has in their medical cannabis bill? Are, are you are we talking about the compliance officer? Yes. So, yes so, so, yeah, we don't know who these who these folks are going to be. 
it seems like that there will be a training program right. that the compliance officers go through. Uh, and then they'll be able to tell the dispensaries, you're doing this right, you're doing this wrong. And they're almost kind of like, I guess, the enforcement branch of the program. Um, so could someone like me or whoever, as long as you don't have a felony and you're over 21, uh, take a class uh, that the state provides, become a licensed uh, compliance officer, just like you would take a test in Kentucky to become a private investigator. And then you can charge fees, to make sure that these each of these arms are doing what they're supposed to be doing and are in compliance with the law. Yeah, they kind of have that uh, to a certain extent in Illinois where you could be a registered trainer of the dispensary agents and stuff. And so they have these outside companies that get uh, that got licensed by the state so that they can offer these services so that when you hire a dispensary worker, then they have to get trained by somebody who's on this state approved list. And it kind of reminded me of like, oh, this might be that next state uh, market opportunity for these trainers that are already listed in Illinois. And they, they exist in other states as well. So that type of license isn't necessarily a cannabis license, but it's a type of one that usually has the lowest barrier to entry and therefore I think probably also has the lowest profit margin. But, you know. I didn't see anything in the bill about how that might work. Another state that has a system similar to Kentucky kind of using their infrastructure to come in and set up shop. I do know that Kentucky is going to allow uh, they got a pretty um, open arm policy to uh, patient patients registered in other states. Um, mm -hmm. So I was happy to see that. So if you got, you know, a card in Washington or, oh, or, nice. or, or California, that's yeah. good. Kentucky. And you can also get what's called a, a visiting patient license. So if you move from another state to Kentucky and you're here for 30 days, you can get it's kind of like a provisional. Uh, license while you're waiting for your you know doctor appointment to get scheduled with your new Kentucky doctor to go through. So wow. there's, there's a lot of consideration given um, yeah. this bill that I, I'm not used to seeing, or at least 10 years ago, wasn't used to seeing in states that were trying to get the initial legislation pushed through and the, and the law into place. Sure. Yeah. What? I was oh, just going to sure. make a comment of like how the, the because of the cannabis is what they call in the law school, uh, the federalism that's the laboratory of democracy where the states are able to kind of make it up. Uh, but then cannabis has the ability from one state to the next to always just kind of refine it, which is really, really cool. And it sounds like the Kentucky model for their medical cannabis will be a little bit better than the Illinois one in the sense we're chained uh, to a dispensary. And then I had to wait like three months to get my card. I mean, so it depends really on the um, political will of the executive branch that's going to be enforcing the law, you know, and then who are the regulators from that executive branch? One of the things that that <clears throat> concerns me is the logistics of making this work. In Kentucky, we've had two things in the last five years that have come up where they're good ideas. They are now law, but we have failed miserably to implement. One is a global ID. You know, the, the driver's license allows you to you know get on the plane. We've still not got that figured out in Kentucky and, and has been on the books for a while now. Yeah. And the other is ignition interlock for DUIs. Um, we're getting ready to require everyone in Kentucky who gets a DUI, even first time offenders, to have one of these on their car. Uh, right now, it's only for second 
offenders and subsequent offenders was pretty low percentage of overall DUIs. And we and we still can't make that happen in a timely fashion. So somebody goes to court, they enter a plea or they get an order for the judge to have this put on their car. The state of Kentucky is not set up to handle it in a way. Some people, they wait 30 days before they can get it on. Hmm. So if they can't make these things happen, I'm, I'm curious to see how they're going to implement an entire new law. Because we need sale tracking of that as well to co- collect every dime. And so it's really, really highly regulated in the state. Yeah. You guys are going to need to have a, a preferred vendor of a software uh, inventory control system. And the one that we have here is called BioTrack THC in Illinois. And out west, it's metric. I think it's metric in, in the Washington state. I know it's metric in California. And, yeah. and then there's an approved vendor. And then you kind of push it off onto the the actual uh, license holders to police themselves, like we do with the good pharmaceutical industry, and um, and then everything goes fine. Well, it sounds like Kentucky, though. I mean, it, it's bad enough with cannabis, let alone you guys have issues with other you know laws. But like New Jersey, how long did it take for them to finally come through? Five years, four years after medical pass, so. Um, you know, unfortunately, cannabis consumers always take the brunt of the worst of the law, you know, but, you know, legalization, I think for, for a shitty pun, it's spreading like the coronavirus. Like we're this, you know, you would think like yeah, in Kentucky, yeah, well, we're more fun, but like in, in say like Kentucky, you would think, you know, hemp was there, it was, um, you know, a strong crop. Uh, and then like with Gary Shepard, who, who in 93, who was killed for having six plants, uh, uh, you know, a Vietnam vet. And now here you guys are with uh, medical about to be on the books. Uh, you know, we come a long way. And I think Prop 215 from California helped spread that, you know, break that ignorance. You know, that's what we're doing. It, it, it always takes a while for the laws to catch up with public opinion. Like public opinion across the country is there. But the law is, is going to lag behind public opinion so many years. And that's just the way it happens. You know, it, usually a law will come along about 10 years after something should have been done. Well, and, isn't it like, uh, not just with drug policy reform, but you know, human rights and yeah. right to marry who you want to. Basically anything that's not a crisis. If there's <laughs> an absolute complete tragedy, maybe they'll do something, but it usually just requires like writing a check. Well, you think in America, right, the law is supposed to be agreeing with morality. But, you know, at one time, you know, drinking fountains were separate. And was that right then? You know, that's, you know, here we are now with like still putting people behind bars. Hell, New York City, the the, the governor of New York keeps talking about legalization, but they're still planting fucking drugs on, on kids. I think you everybody's know? like ordered to stay at home right now in New York. Yeah, yeah. Really, really bad out there. But, you know, once all this mess happens, it's still going to go back to the same old shit. We'll learn nothing from all this. <laughs> well, we didn't learn anything from the 2008 crisis. Well, we did. There's a few things that we've made it more difficult to do. You need to now prove income before you can qualify for a mortgage. Yes. <laughs> shit. Can't believe that that was a thing, though. Like 2008. Yeah, before you could just say you had the money. What? Yeah. yeah. 
I wish I took more advantage of that when I uh, I could have. <laughs> well, especially considering you're in Seattle. Like, I bought a house five years ago in Peoria Heights, Illinois, and it is worth smack dab exactly what I paid five years ago for it. Oh, and so, like, this year when I try to sell it, I hope that I get $90,000 for it. Actually, you know, I did a lot of work to it, too. Maybe I'll get $93,000 for it. But that's it. There's just no market. And then in Seattle, because, you know, in the dot-com boom, you could have gotten – you could have bought way more house than you could have afford it oh fuck yeah no no think how much that would have been worth now because of how fast the price of real estate has gone up in seattle because of amazon yeah these you know i I think this place has always been retired expensive but uh are the price of real estate now in denver because of cannabis exactly that's what i say it's like if in Peoria, where you're at, if they get a, a dispensary because uh, property values go up under dispensaries. Oh, I'm going to make a whole lab. It's going to be great. We're going to have a farm. <laughs> it's going to be a lot. It's, it's like, where's the where's the legislative edge right there? OK, we got it. You know, and now we're lobbying for these changes. And then as we make those changes, we export them to other states. We're like, here's how you do it really nicely. Uh, and, and it's great to be able to see how when I was reading the Kentucky bill, I'm like, Okay, pretty good. Pretty good. Liking that. Uh, same with New York. New York's bill is pretty good as well. They still, I think, call it marijuana over there. Uh, I think that has to do more with their proximity to the federal law uh, because, I don't know, and it just, it's federally a term of art called marijuana. It's like- Spill with an H, right? Still, oh yeah, because we, as a, as a country, America did not speak Spanish in 1970 when that law <laughs> passed. Like they couldn't conceive, wait- there's a J in it, and it's pronounced Juana. Right. Do you know what the term is in uh, D.C.? I do not. No, no. I, I, I'm just curious because, you know, in, in, in their uh, law, it's it's legal, uh, uh, just possession and, and use, but you can't sell it, which well, hurts the brain. I would think that it would probably still be referred to as marijuana. I could be wrong. We did have a guest on from D.C. I guess we could have asked. We could ask her. We'll follow up with the, the lady that had that decarboxylation <laughs> machine out in D.C. area, and we'll we'll find that out. But because, like, the, the, the Congress has some check over, like, the, uh, the mayoral – that's not mayoral. What is it? Municipal system of D.C. Like, D.C. is just not able to do whatever it wants. I thought there was some yeah. type of check by the uh, – the I was curious if it was special or not. I mean, I mean or whatever. So, like, if they have to follow the same legislative rubric, you're not going to, like, take one definition and have it directly contradict with another definition because that first one's clearly a pejorative term. It's also a legal term of art. Let's see. It's this is why people hate lawyers. Nate, do you argue this shit when you're fucking defending somebody? <laughs> use whatever you use, what you have. But I mean, like, do you get semantical? Well, they do any, how do they do their uh, burden of proof down there in Kentucky? Then, if none of the crime labs can tell whether or not they were caught with hemp or if they were caught with marijuana, nobody's brought this up yet that I'm aware of. When when it yeah. uh, when that potential issue popped up, a lot of attorneys talked about it. There's a couple articles written about it that I've not heard anything. Hmm. Um, but yeah, that it could be a problem. Somebody wanted to bring it up. Well, you yeah. have a, 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 a minor in biology, and uh, what was the other one? Uh, chemistry, uh, minor in chemistry, major in biology. Yeah. So then Which, you can tell the difference between when the acid is on the THC and then when the acid is not on the THC. That's right. And then you can look at the statute and be like, you could tell these people have no clue what they're regulating because the plant doesn't actually really make that much of that thing. It has to be well, it, it, always a problem with these laws, right? From for the most part, the people that are writing them aren't doctors. 
They're not botanists. Nope. No, they've got... Uh, they are the finders of legislative facts. So we invent legal terms of art to govern ourselves on our real lives. And like these people were really murdered in, in 1993. Now, it wasn't murdered uh, because it was law enforcement involved. But still, like his oh, life... Yeah. Oh, sanctioned. Right. The sanctioned murder, yeah. Well, it, yeah, his life is over because he was growing some plants. And that was against the law. Because we have found these legislative facts that this plant, as we know it, spelled with an H, is terrible. Terrible. Well, it's funny because uh, I just saw this morning there was a between a, a, our governor uh, Inslee and I think in Tennessee, uh, it was right next to you, whoever the fuck he was. He kind of made fun and mocked uh, because our cannabis stores are still open. And it's, if one thing we've we've gone along, we've come a long way where they recognize, like, yes, you know, first off, we're not closing liquor stores either. But no, uh, no. no they, as long as the mob is fed and sufficiently drunk, yeah, they won't, yeah. they won't revolt. And then keep the gun stores open too, so long as they also think they're sufficiently armed, yeah. they will be okay. Yeah. But I'm just saying, this guy kind of mocked me for still having the cannabis stores open as an essential, and it's like um, your ignorance is not bliss because you're bound to like just get your people sick if you're gonna mock the precautions we're taking right i mean you you, these people are trying to cope with a stressful situation and use a substance that's safer for them and maybe they have some anxiety so they would like to buy their their smokable hemp flour Uh, i hear kentucky grows some great smokable hemp flour one of the top three outdoors still in the country is tennessee california kentucky with i think tennessee and kentucky switching second and third place for you don't have cops Cops blocking your shipments out to Kentucky, uh, uh, you know, having to try and test them for the, the TAC values. I'm just burning them. We still, they still have uh, Kentucky State Police like to get their uh, four wheelers and um, helicopters out once a year and have big burn parties and wow. of it and let everybody know. What what? I know it, wow. they take a picture of it. It's, it's no different than when you go fishing and you catch a lunker. And you're like, look what I did. You did nothing, Jack. You put a lure into a lake where you knew fish were. One of them, of course, bit it. And then you just you happen to show everybody and say, I did this. You, uh, it, it, and it, it's, it's that same type of pride that you have when you have caught like a big fish or like climbed a mountain. It's like, look what I did. Nate, as a Kentuckian, I mean, as a citizen, my my issue has been about the police is the priorities, right? Like, like, what would you wish they fucking actually focused on besides, you know, uh, fucking home grows? I mean, this is just a dumb issue to even chase. You know, you're punishing Americans for pretty much what's been legal here 100 years ago. You know? Yeah. So there's a lot of other stuff they could focus on. Yeah. Um, and in some places like Louisville, uh, there is now a, um, a mandate in place that uh, marijuana possession is is not um, a priority. Uh, mm-hmm. People are not to be arrested and are to be cited only uh, for possession. And that just happened in Louisville, I think, uh, within the last year. And there was some, you know, there was some pushback and a couple of articles from folks, uh, uh, law enforcement related. Mm-hmm. Jesus, don't forget the Jesus letters that usually come <laughs> because there was no shortage of letters to the editor from the Christian perspective that wants it to be remaining a crime. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Those sure Christian, but you know, I've seen those letters where I'm like, really, you're using Jesus to continue the criminalization of the cannabis plant. Yeah. 
But I just wish people would wake up with their eyes and just look around and say, hey, you know, I don't see a lot of potheads causing the issues. It's like the drunks, the ones that are already here, like my drunk uncle or whatever the fuck. We've all yeah. seen these people and seen the moment. The guy that got way too messed up on Zanny or, or Lean. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, I don't think Lean's that prevalent, but the opioid crisis was pretty darn prevalent. And I hear meth is an actual problem. Uh, Nate, uh, <laughs> do you practice criminal law in Kentucky? I'm, I'm sorry, come again? Do you practice criminal law in Kentucky? A, a little bit. Have you ever seen meth in any of your cases? Uh, what's, what, what is it? Uh, yeah. Evidently a drug. It was popular. I, I don't do this. I represented banks and like really nerdy people. Uh, and so we would like be like meth. Oh, yeah, I know that thing on Breaking Bad. It's, is, uh, is that what we uh, gave? To, is that the stuff we gave to our tank drivers and, and air bomber pilots? Yeah, and yeah. Oh, yeah. Too. Yeah, it was very <laughs> popular. In world. What you're talking about. OK, yeah. so it does come up. There's a meth problem. Right. I mean, just like we got the Appalachians, we got other yeah. real fucking shits that are yeah. causing it, issues it, out there. It's fentanyl now. Fentanyl is the yeah. five years ago. It was meth. Uh, but that's the five thing. Years before that it was heroin. Yeah. It was crack. And five years from now, we'll have a new one. But there's yeah, never I been a great pothead breakout. It's always be something. And yeah. like we should actually have a tax or, you know, you have a tax. And so you have a revenue stream. So you can have allocations of that revenue stream. And some of it could be, oh, I don't know to actually fight the drugs that are harmful to the population and to provide for rehab centers and to provide education about the different types of drugs that are out there so you can have a more discerning consumer and they aren't lumping drugs together in like one uh, fell swoop. It just includes everything, you know? No, it doesn't. It includes everything can be classified as a drug, but it also includes like relative harm because, you know, if, if people didn't care about their health, they would still just be running around outside. No, they actually went inside and stayed there because they don't want to get sick. And that gives a level of credibility too, right? To to the authorities that are that are talking to you about drugs. Uh, you sound you don't sound credible when you lump cannabis in with meth and you schedule it higher than cocaine, and right. then you find out on their own this doesn't make sense. So why should I believe the other things that they're telling me? If you yeah. want the citizenry to believe you, the, you being the government, then you've got to be credible. And they've not been credible on the cannabis issue for forever. And, and we're a country founded on truths that were purportedly self-evident. And that the, the <laughs> cannabis is heroin is not only not self-evident, it is shockingly insane in the year 2020 with our level of science. Oh, I got one. I got one. So, you know, after this whole quarantine shit passes by, right? And, and we all know that there's going to be an increase in domestic violences and all the other shit that people are putting up with because you're stuck in, uh, you know, where you fucking lay your head. Uh, guarantee you the numbers are going to be all about alcohol and domestic violence. How You know, show me the fucking marijuana domestic violence cases and, and stuff that you had to put up with. You know, that's what I want to see. Show me that difference. And that's going to be the, the, the proof right there that you know, this is not the, the horrible fucking drug that everybody talks about. You know, there will probably be more cases of people fighting over no coffee in the morning than there will be uh, cannabis consumers, uh, you know, just getting too high and eating a pizza. Yeah, but I mean, now yeah. I, I have a better appreciation for all those tigers in that Joe Exotic picture that was on Netflix. Hey, fuck Carol Baskin. I'm just saying, man, that she bitch did murdered that husband of hers. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you kind of do feel like a zoo animal. And then... Um, yeah, you're right about the alcohol, man. It's it's probably going to contribute, especially when that in contribution with uh, everybody who's been laid off or who's out of work. Uh, and and it's 
it's this dang virus's fault. I mean, you have a stressor on top of being in, ordered inside because yeah. otherwise you could be sick. You know, it's it sucks. Cannabis is not the thing that causes any of this shit, right? It's it's the thing that's helped us get through this, if anything. No, you know. I think it was a- not, not Nate because he's in Kentucky. He's a lawyer. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> CBD is legal and in Kentucky, and it, it does help with the uh, the anxiety. That's true story. One of, one of the conditions, uh, unfortunately, it's not on the list of the Kentucky bill. So there's that's that's one of the. If we can get back to though for a second, one of the yeah. places that I really didn't. I wasn't impressed is that I think it's some um, um, seizures, um, epilepsy, chronic pain, and that's about it. Uh, what was the other one? Um, M- MS. So ALS isn't on there. Uh, MD isn't on there. Ulcerative colitis, Crohn's disease, glaucoma, and then kind of the catch all stuff with cancer and AIDS patients of which use cannabis for a multitude of reasons all got left off the list. Hopefully when the law passes, um, some of these other qualifying conditions will be added, uh, like fibromyalgia, neuropathy. These are all conditions that have been proven uh, can be alleviated by cannabis. Sure. And there's so much more that that hasn't even been proven yet. Like, you know, the the, the list of elements should just be if your body is fucked up, try this first. And then, okay, that didn't work. Go on to something real. I don't know. Was PTSD (laughs) on or off the list? Not on the list. Fuck. Yeah. Is yeah, there four conditions, four or five conditions on the list? But is there a method to add new conditions? Yes. Okay. Yes. Absolutely. Method to add new conditions, method to add the number of the organizations, cannabis organizations that can operate. There's, you know, the, the, the bill has the mechanics for it to grow. Um, oh, I love they all do. They all yeah, and they need it because it's like your prejudice against the plant is highest when it's first introduced like this under lawful pretenses. It's it's literally dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. You're like, wait a minute. Yeah. You've been telling us for the past 80 years, no, arrest that person, throw them away. And now if I'm on this list and have that card, yes. And then they, and they realize that, okay, it's all been a lie. They've been believing lies. Other people that they know start to use it and they recommend it. And then it's just like anything else. You know, you can have a trend in something that people enjoy and like. It's kind of one of the reasons I think it's growing so fast. Yeah. I mean, it is medicine. It is. It helps people. You know, if it helps you get through your goddamn day, all use is medicinal. Hey, Nate, how much of Kentucky does border Illinois? Yeah. Yes. How much of the Kentucky border? It's fairly long uh, swath of the Kentucky border. Yeah, well, not not Illinois, but Kentucky touches quite a few states, or I think maybe seven all the way around. All right. Um, so, do you think people are making the trek to Illinois to buy a couple of good grams and then drive it back? I, I mean, yeah. Uh, as far as purchasing it from the criminal marketplace, you can do that in Kentucky, and that's obviously where the money's going right now. Whether yeah, the shit's for, for medical, whether for it's for decriminalization. Do some people travel? out of state to, to get something from a dispensary in Colorado or Illinois. Sure they do. Um, and they get it mailed to them too and yeah. they grow it themselves and they buy it from their classmate. It, it, they get it from everywhere, but the state and the state's missing out on the income while all this is happening. That's the point. And also, and also yeah. 
Well, because think about most of our police powers. Most of our police powers are are meant to promote the health, safety, and welfare of the population. In fact, that's one of the reasons why they prohibited this plan, as opposed to regulating it in such a way where they can provide to the community safe, healthy cannabis that's pure and free of any uh, chemicals that shouldn't be in it or any uh, pesticides or anything else like that. And that's in the bill. Exactly. The the no pesticides used when it's in the final product, packaged product, it is supposed to have on there um, the duration and how long it takes to set in, which is what if you go to a dispensary in Nevada, in Las Vegas, uh, whether it's a drink or whether it's a, a cookie, it has on there the strength on a scale of one to 10, how long to the onset and the estimated time of duration. And that's what you get when you have a substance that's regulated versus buying it from the criminal marketplace. That's great. You know, and that's one of the things though about flour, you get up to a tolerance in flour where you're like, no, I'm good. And then it's flour, so it like evacuates your system a little like, faster than if you would have eaten it. It's not an edible. It's uh, so I can't even believe that we don't have these types of cannabis bars, which are literally safer than any bar. Because can you imagine if alcohol got out of your system and it's completely as fast as as smoking some bongs? Because alcohol, as it metabolizes more slowly, it's the same same thing with edibles, and that that's legal. Well, well before they were all shut down for um, you know health and safety purposes. And what's the uh, the hope for uh, after the end of this crisis? That back in session, like what's the, the, the time frame you think? Well, again, they've got till April fifteenth before it officially closes. Now, what the state legislature is going to do because of the coronavirus, if they're going to extend that or not go back at all, I don't know. There were some people that were at the uh, General Assembly a week or two ago, you know, saying, I can't believe we're still here. The the governor basically had issued an order for everybody else to stay at home. Uh, courthouses are closed down. I, I don't have a personal appearance in court, at least through May the 1st. That was pushed from April 24th, which was pushed from April 13th. That May 1st deadline may get extended again. Uh, but the General Assembly, you know, who knows what they're going to do? It, it, we're kind of operating on a day by day, you know, what what orders coming down the pike next. And everybody's watching the television every night to see what the governor has to say. He does five o'clock addresses. And, you know, every other day there's new fiction. Right on. Do you guys do uh, uh, mail-in voting? Uh, people can, yes, mail in their vote. Uh, I know that, you know, people overseas can serving in the military absentee voting. I have voted that way before myself when I've, you know, not been in the County. Yeah. I mean, are you, is there any talk about future legislation? Like, are you guys, Tom, are you guys in Washington? We're already set up for that. Like everybody's like an option that most people do use. And I know like in the military, like when I was in uh, California, yeah, like you're saying, they can vote through mail. I just honestly think like, to get through this, we're, we're going to do a lot more stuff remotely. We got got used to some shit. So I think one of the things that's going to come from the whole coronavirus is we're going to, we want to realize how much of what we do can be done outside the office mm. and hopefully cut down on transportation and enjoy some of this um, you know, lack of gases in the air that we're seeing right now around the world. And I don't know how much of that is true and I have paid a lot of attention to it, but I think that it's probably true that people are staying indoors and not traveling and not using their engine, that waters are clearing up and skies are clearing up. And that's but, a good thing. Uh, you know, it's yeah. funny, though, uh, that whole global warming thing. It's kind of like Tinkerbell. Like, if you don't believe in the fairy, it goes away. 
and so like if you just like no no guys unplug from this capitalism bullshit we'll mail you checks don't leave your house we'll cure global warming in like a decade if we just kind of all stay inside and do this stuff <laughs> no way but no. Uh, at least there's an upside somewhere right <laughs> <laughs> where you can find it. Hey man, let's talk though more about the uh, the cannabis law that might become uh, effective in Kentucky in the not so distant future once we return to some normalcy. Are there any taxes that are built into the medical cannabis law? So there's a nine percent tax on the transfer from the processors, cultivators to the dispensaries. There's also an excise tax, and I had that noted as twelve percent on cultivators, processors, and producers of the gross receipts. 80% of that goes into the state fund. 20% of that then goes into like the local fund to go back to the counties or the cities that have dispensaries or, or cultivators. Um, there is, as of now, not a sales tax. Uh, Kentucky has a 6% sale tax, but as a couple of legislators have pointed out, if you know this should be exempt, if it's a medicine, uh, people you know shouldn't be paying a, a tax on that. Nice. What yeah. about guns? Yeah, but then then uh, the adult use numbers can start to come in. Not really, because like you guys have such limited uh, qualifying conditions. And, and, and medical's never really been the, the generator of income in any state that that I think people thought it could be. The you know legalization is mm -hmm. recreational use is. But, but this is going to be limited. The, most of the money is going to be made in the licensing, right? At twenty thousand dollars a whack, fifty thousand dollars, seventy five thousand dollars a whack. That's where that's where a lot of the money is going to be made. Uh, I think you'll be surprised. Yeah, yeah but that money just goes to the state, right? What's that? I say that money would just go to the state and then I mean like, it goes to the trust fund in Kentucky. Yeah. The medical cannabis trust fund that goes back into different organizations. A lot of it goes back into uh, the health department that's going to be administering the program. Some of it goes to education. Some of it goes to law enforcement. Some of it goes to is earmarked for indigents. So people who are homeless and, and have a card, uh, they're, they're going to be there's going to be a little bit of the fun. I think 12 percent set aside for them to make sure that they're taken care of. Because I mean, overall, you're looking at like a, like with all the licenses, not just <clears> the top <throat> ones. You know, I imagine just for licenses, you know, a million dollar revenue in a, in a state is probably not that much, I would think. No, no. Yeah. But then. OK, so. Last month in Illinois, which has got about you know three times a little less than three times the population of Kentucky, there was thirty six million dollars in marijuana sold, and so in in Illinois, there's a three percent about uh, tax, and that, that doesn't include the tax. So like you'd have to include two taxes. Mm -hmm. He said that there was six percent sales in Kentucky. Our sales is ridiculous in Illinois. In Cook County, I think it's over ten percent, and over and above that, you could then add another three percent. So in theory. If they tax it like they tax it in Illinois and they legalize it in about five years after they've had a successful rollout and the sky doesn't fall and the medical patients, you know, explain that this is good stuff and that goes full legalization, uh, they would be able to then tax uh, everything that, uh, that they, they sold and then they would get their 6% and then maybe they get like another 3% on top of it. So it really does motivate. And then they would still have those those cultivators privilege taxes as well. I mean, so they're still passing that tax when it goes down the supply chain. So I checked real quick. Illinois population is just a little under 13 million. Kentucky's four and a half. Right. Hmm. So like it's about like a third ish, not, not 100 percent. But then, you know, so it's still 10 million dollars. 
And so like 10% of $10 million, like it's an extra million dollars in the coffers of uh, municipalities through the sales tax and like a little bit over on a top. And that million dollars per month, that's $12 million. You know, they didn't anticipate that money coming in. It's nice. You know, the budgets aren't going to be perfect, but it's something that helps uh, move it in, in better directions, you know. Especially then if that money's then earmarked to help that and address the indigence problem and to address the, the drug abuse problems. And so now you have funding to the tunes of millions of dollars to help start addressing these problems that are substantially underfunded, you know? Yeah. Cabbage is fixing all the states through social equity. <laughs> I mean, uh, how's Washington State doing? It's really expensive because of Seattle, though. Man, fucking Washington's still retarded, dude. Like the, the 502 structure. Um you know, we, we have all this money out there. We don't know where it fucking goes. You know, the, the we actually have like a little small mafia in, in charge of making the rules. And uh, they're also in charge of liquor. Like, uh, I don't know if I told you. Oh, yeah, I did mention last week where uh, they issued uh, curbside rules where I can go to a restaurant, pick up uh, alcohol. Uh, they card me. Fine. If I pull up to a, a dispensary, they have to card everybody in my car. So, I'm you know, they're still asinine thinking. Um, but there's a lot of money that's being questioned. I mean, this organization, they settled a uh, a lawsuit in the beginning of this uh, 502 thing because they have secret meetings. And this guy sued them for secret meetings, and they settled. Uh, so that's the kind of people that we have in charge. Wait, wait. wait. Who was having the secret meetings again? The Washington State Liquor and Cannabis Control wait, Board. Wait. Okay. You yeah. don't have a law in the state of Washington, something along the lines of the Open Meetings Act. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. They violated that law. This oh. guy tried to sue them to to to. Uh, uh, so it's there. It's just that the prejudice against cannabis means it doesn't apply to that law. Yeah, we don't we don't worry about those fuckers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We have an open records law. You may have heard of those too in Kentucky. And yeah, pulling teeth to get stuff from certain public agencies that I won't name. No, it's it's worse than good old boys because it is cannabis, and you're not going to be. Uh, uh, There's more like, hey, fuck you. You're lucky to have it. You yeah. know, that's that's what it's like. But and, and we are, you know, I, I honestly do. Like, I got this huge jar that's supposed to last me for a quarantine weekend. I hope. And then, how uh, many grams do you got in that jar? So this is 14 grams of Night Queen. That's great. I mean, I'm glad that you can actually buy a half ounce in such a wonderful package. I know. I mean, that. It comes, look at the bag appeal. Like, Illinois, you're doing it wrong. Like, you can <laughs> only buy like a gram, maybe an eighth of flour because of supply constraints. And then. Uh, yeah, there's no supply constraints here like, yet. More or less has to be like, you know, opaque packaging. So you can't yeah. be like, oh, no. Not only does this go into a brown paper bag, it's in a box inside of another box. So you can't see what it is. Thank yeah, you. But you know, in this state, though, I remember uh, probably about 15 years ago uh, going to a, 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 a head shop uh, and, and asking for a, a bong and getting kicked out. So, yeah, you know, we got one tobacco pipe, sir. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> water pipe. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, like... I am a legitimate person, as I assume you are a legitimate person, is that you have these glass tobacco pipes. <laughs> I would like some of your wares, please. One of your heaviest grams. <laughs> uh, we come a long way hey lord hey nate thank you so much for joining us today thank you for having me lorna i really enjoyed it where can really we go to find out more about canvas in kentucky where can we follow you guys at surrey and associates uh surreyandassociates.com um is our website uh and then again you can 
Google Siri Louisville if you want to follow me particularly, but our main office is Cincinnati. Um, find out more about us there. All right. Awesome. We'll make sure to do that. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Cannabis Legalization News, guys. Make sure you like and subscribe to keep up with all Cannabis Legalization News. We'll see you on Wednesday. See you.